0: Welcome back to Clear the Air. As we kick off Black History Month, I'm ecstatic to welcome my good friend, Dr. Charles Thomas Jr., CEO of ClearCloud, a technology services organization. Honestly, it's still weird for me to refer to him as Dr. Charles Thomas, as we were roommates back at the University of Notre Dame over 20 years ago. So we go way, way back. Charles is a guy that was one of the most disciplined and focused students. I believe I'm accurate with this, but I'm sure he maintained a 3.5 or above GPA while also being a basketball player at the university at the same time. While the majority of my crew was out partying every Thursday, Friday, or Saturday nights, Charles routinely was the type of guy he was back in the room or in the library studying for our next upcoming exam. So very studious individual. In this chat, though, we dive into a ton of great topics, including his path to entrepreneurship as a minority CEO, creating an empathetic and inclusive company culture, as well as why he pursued three separate grad degrees. I still think he's completely nuts for doing all of that, but obviously it benefited him well. Hope you all enjoy the show. Just to start off, you know, it'd be great. It's, you know, you have a you have a really interesting background. Um But, you know, one of the things I wanted to start off with was the educational background that you pursued. You know, you know, most people in their right minds that are sane can only take undergrad and one grad degree
1: (laughs) in terms of their
0: brain capacity. So
1: I'm curious, you
0: know, just real curious what what prompted you? For the audience, Charles um, did his undergrad with me at Notre Dame. Did his MBA at University of Texas San Antonio. But then, but then you pursued additional degrees after that. And right. yeah, just curious, what you know, what's your your int- or what triggered that for you to pursue those extra extra degrees?
1: Because you're so great. Yeah, yeah, it's because uh, I'm an idiot. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. Number two, man. I just like you know, in all seriousness, man. I, I like to learn it. Right after after undergrad, it was trying to figure out what was what you know what i'm saying so i was like well what degrees make sense you know we had talked about is it medical school is it law school you know what type of degrees do you want what what's the big picture plan like what do you want to do right so school historically hasn't been overly difficult for me right just you know just because I, i enjoy reading and i enjoy the learning process in general right so after undergrad went out to texas for mba then my, i have a couple more degrees from creighton university hashtag go blue jays right you know i was out there for a master's and my doctorate out there so you know the 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 learning man was just was just pretty cool and and i didn't have any real expectations filled on what i was going to do with these degrees right i was it was truly like the renaissance construct of learning just for the sake of learning i figured if you acquire enough knowledge and it will it'll give you the opportunity to connect dots and see around corners and in reality and those type of deals. So there there wasn't this, I didn't have a real ROI, right? People like, well, if you go to get this degree, you should expect, bro, like in reality, I was like, I I enjoy the construct of organizational behavior, leadership studies and psychology and these business classes, you know what I mean? So it wasn't a, it wasn't an element of what are you gonna do with this it was an element of like the human condition dictates that you read more than books. Right. Mm -hmm. And the courses that I took allowed me to get a better understanding of humanity and my place within it. Right. You know, so, I mean, it, it is super silly, man. Like, well, I won't say it's silly, right. It was the, to go to school for that long was crazy. Cause when I finished my last degree, when I finished my doctorate, I was in my early thirties at that point, man, I had been in school for damn near the whole time i was alive you know what i'm saying because my mom put me in like like baby kindergarten when i was two right mm-hmm. so from two to early 30s i was in some form of school i think it was probably like a two-year gap three-year gap yeah. where i wasn't in some form of school you know what i mean yep. writing or doing something like that so i don't know the exact years but i but i know i was in school for a super long time and, yep. and the, the education component far outpaced my experiences now it's kind of even it out you know what i mean yep. Yep. yeah
0: yeah um, no, I mean I think you know I think that's 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 really interesting. and when you hear a lot of you know the big leaders, like um you know I, I listen to a lot of what Mark Cuban puts out, you know yeah, um, yeah. people like Bill Gates, you know others CEOs and major companies they one of the yeah. key traits they emphasize is the concept of continuous learning and always yeah. having curiosity about yeah. new topics or yeah. subjects to to constantly evolve and improve yourself. and it it's funny because I you know, I did okay in school. As 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 you know, I I, I tried oh, to have yeah. a pretty good work life balance in college. <laughs> I'd say. But, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I remember.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's funny though because I do enjoy reading books by people like Malcolm Gladwell and others who who write about you know how people think and how to explore uh, gray areas with arguments. You know, things like like one of my favorite books is Outliers. Uh, great, oh, yeah. gray one. Yeah. And so,
1: um, Tipping Point is the Tipping Point is really good by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. If you haven't read that, so i can give you a whole list of books whenever, you, uh, whenever you're whenever you ready. If you don't have them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one thing I, you know,
0: one thing I wanted to touch upon that we've talked about in the podcast before is right now, you know, this, this isn't just limited to advertising, but, you know, with mm-hmm. other industries, you know, a lot of organizations are having a lot of issues with employee retention. And yeah, yeah. part of that is, has been spearheaded by the pandemic. People are remote. Um, they may feel burnout in some situations, um, you know, companies are getting a lot more aggressive with trying to poach people. And so we try to, you know, work. It's always a topic of conversation, like how to improve employee engagement and employee retention. And, you know, given your your doctorate in organizational dynamics, um, yeah, just real curious, like like your take on, you know, kind of what's happening in the environment and maybe some successes that you've seen or some positive steps to try to improve culture just would love to get your take on
1: on that yeah man so i mean mean, for me there's the there's a component i I work in the tech space right i mean we you know i I lead a tech company out here in the northern virginia area and it's it's fast moving man i mean you it's just go 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 in real life Phil, somebody can put their resume out there at 10 o'clock on a monday morning legitimately by 10 o'clock on a wednesday they'll have 10 offers (laughs) certified Right. Like not these fake offers of you know two thousand dollars more, three thousand dollars more. You're talking upwards of depending on where they're getting paid, you're talking upwards of thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar hops, right? Particularly for the the junior to mid-career folks, right? The subject matter experts oftentimes they they're at the top of the pay band anyway, right? So yep. their salary per se isn't gonna go up significantly, right? You know what I mean? But they'll, they'll get some, their bonus structure becomes different, the different levers that people can pull to entice them. There's the, so the competition is crazy in the tech space, but I think one of the things that we do, and, I, and I've shared this with other leaders in, in companies, particularly smaller companies that you have to care, right? I think the, the big companies hemorrhage bodies because the people don't, the people oftentimes, not not categorically all people, some people don't feel like as if their companies care, right? So they they go out, they get put on this island to work on some project and nobody gives a damn, right? Nobody reaches out to them to check in on them. How you doing? Like, you know, because a lot of people with, with the pandemic, man, just got crushed. You take you take the extroverts of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But we're in the third year now where people can't go out. They can't do this. So they, they've been almost hermits. Yep. Right? The first opportunity they get to go and go and do something, they're like, okay, let me go try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. And I think a lot of companies, what we're seeing out here, when, when people move, and I was, I, was, I was on a call about this this morning with a colleague of mine who runs a tech company also, is when people move like that, they're leaving a person for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. They're leaving somebody in their management chain, somebody on that leadership team. They're not necessarily leaving the company per se, mm-hmm. right? There, something has happened where they haven't felt valued or valuable or they, they're lacking some level of autonomy and empowerment in their day-to-day, right? So so for us, some of the successes that we've had, man, and knock on wood, our retention has been phenomenal. So I'm going to knock on wood a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> to to keep it that way. You know, we actually care, man. And, and again, this isn't a knock on other companies because I think they care too. It's just sometimes you get so big, it doesn't feel like it. You know, we, we reach out to people regularly, man. Like there isn't a there isn't a week that goes by where somebody from the leadership team hasn't talked to somebody at the company. And mm-hmm. not in a, not in a just a transactional way, right? It's like, yo, how's the fam? How's your kids? I know somebody had COVID. Everybody cool, right? You know, somebody does well at work, somebody will shoot me and they'll like, Hey, Phil did a great job on this project, boom, got it. We'll we'll send a some fly, you know, we'll send a gift, we'll send hundred dollars, two hundred dollars gift mm-hmm. card all of this type of stuff. Not that people are overly concerned about the financial reward. reward. It's the, from my perspective, it's the thought that somebody is paying attention. Mm-hmm. Somebody is saying like, yo, through all of the craziness, we see you. We see you putting in effort. We see you trying. You're solving some of the world's most complex technological challenges for one of the world's strongest, you know, organizations, right? From because we work in the intelligence community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's very mission focused fast moving all these things, and with all of the craziness that goes on oftentimes, I think people just need to know that somebody cares right you you show up for people if somebody go to the hospital, man, get up and go to the hospital if you need, if, as long as they let you in right mm-hmm. If somebody's at home for four or five days, pick up the phone and call right you you know somebody's spouse passes away or a child or a parent or something go to the funeral it's not It's not rocket science yeah it's yep. the human condition hasn't changed in however however many years we've been, people have been on earth, right? The human condition hasn't changed. People want to feel valued. People want to feel respected. People want to feel loved. People want to feel appreciated. People want to have fun, right? And there's more things that you can say about it, but there's a component of, if you can do that, and it's not always the CEO's job to do that, because if you're running a 50,000 person company, you can't talk to 50,000 people, Mm -hmm. right? You can talk to 10 those 10 can talk to 10, those 10 can talk to 10, those 10 can talk to 10, right? So you, you get these nodes of communication and ability to, to connect with people. So oftentimes what we see out here is when people leave, it's, not, it's usually not due to a lack of technical proficiency, right? It's not, you know, it's, it's usually due to something happened where somebody didn't connect with them or engage with them or they wrote them off. Right, because they didn't understand their particular situation. I'll give you a real life example, man. So a few years ago, remember when Alton Sterling and Philando Castile were murdered?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: So I go into work one day because this happened like bang bang, like back to back, mm-hmm. right? So I go into work one day on, on client site and not for the company, but we were at the we we're at the customer. Mm-hmm. So we go in one of our the one of our customers says to me, hey, like, CT, you all right? Like, you seem like something's a little off. You know, I mean, you know me, man. Like, we always laughing, having fun, high five and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. But I wasn't really, like, all excited about the day because our brothers had just got murdered, right? Broad daylight for everybody to see, right? So so I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. But I said, I'm gonna just go back here and I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna get to work. And she was like, all right, cool. So fast forward, you know, to, like, towards the end of the week. I go into her office and I'm like, "Yo, earlier in the week, you asked me if I was all right, and I was like, So remember? So let me let me offer more context to it. This was during the time like with the Hillary Clinton scandal and the emails and the president and all this type yeah. of stuff." Yeah, 2016-ish. Uh, yeah,
0: around there. Probably 16, 17. Yeah, something 16, like
1: that. 17. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it was during that whole server server thing with Hillary Clinton and the emails.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, it was during it was during that time frame. I was like, uh, I go back into her office, and I'm like, hey, you asked me earlier in the week if something was wrong, and I told you everything was cool, but I was like, yeah, I said, I'm just I'm just really frustrated with what's going on in the world right now, and, and I can't do anything about it, and I don't really have anyone to talk to, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, she was like yo, she was like, I completely understand, and she was like, these Hillary Clinton emails are crazy, right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. She was so oblivious to what was going on in the world Mm -hmm. that 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 impacted us, black and brown, right? Mm -hmm. That she thought in my brain, I was worried about some emails. I wasn't. Right. It was that, you know, we were it was during that time frame where you just felt the aggression, you know, from you know, that was happening in the world, man. And and it was interesting to me. So another another colleague of mine heard this interaction completely through and for a loop, right? So he ended up moving off that contract, not because he hated the work, because he was like, there, there is no one here that even remotely understands the challenges that I'm going through. So, if then you can't understand what I'm going through, why then am I going to offer all of my, my time, talents, and treasures to you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so, when he moved on, I was like, And she's like, well, Why do you think he left? And I'm like, Because there was no one other than me for for us to engage and i said now i'm now i'm flying solo you know what i mean it was it was it's a tricky component of when you talk about the retention and that was client site but even still that company lost somebody because they weren't able to engage with that person on the level that he needed the engagement right so so for us i think the retention piece is i mean it really boils down to stuff we learned in kindergarten bro like don't be a jerk (laughs) right if you see something uh, wrong with somebody say something
0: that's a great perspective. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot to unpack there. I think, you know, one thing. So, your organization, do you guys have a mix of full time and contractors <clears throat> that with within no. your, 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 or is it all full time or all full time? It's yeah. all full time because, yeah, yeah. you know, one topic of discussion that's been coming up because, you know, so a big thing is how to create flexible work environments. Given, yeah. you know, given the pandemic, we have this whole mix now. Uh, yeah. Out here in California, we're still one hundred percent remote. You know, some people yeah. are in hybrid models. And you know, a big topic that's been coming up is the whole concept of the gig economy and giving people mm-hmm. the flexibility to work in a contractor type type role. And um, you know, I'm curious your take if you think the the contract model is going to become more of a trend. and you know, given what's happening with Covid and people wanting flexibility and and things of that nature or, because, you know, classically when me and you first graduated, you know, everybody was looking for full-time roles and contractor right, work right, right. was just for more specialized type skill sets. And so, right. yeah, curious to get your, your take on that, because that's kind of been popping up here in some, you know, some publications I've been reading.
1: When you talk about the the gig economy and the flexibility component, I'm probably not the right person to ask that question, even though I will give you, uh, give you my thoughts on it, because we work in classified environments, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't even have the option to work from home, right? Some contracts do, right? Some mm-hmm. of our customers will allow some remote work when it's, when it's really unclassified stuff. But because we work in such a niche environment, they have us in buildings and in lockdown locations and all this type of stuff where we can work on secure networks, you know what I mean? Yeah. But there is, so in our space, that being said, even in our space, man, you, you're starting to see people wanting the flexibility, like, yo, we need to figure out a way so I can do this from home. I don't know what, what type of fiber optic, optic cables you need, but figure mm-hmm. it out, right? And this is particularly challenging. COVID was a forcing function, right? In mm. the sense of, you know, people were like, well, no, we can't work from home. We can't, can't, can't. Then you get the companies coming in here now, like the, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the big dogs that are coming to play. And and they go cloud native overnight, right? If something mm-hmm. happens, they're like, you don't need to go into the office, log in here, boom, VDI in, you know, whatever you're going to do, use your VPNs, bing, bing, bing. You know, now you can now you can work from home. I think that there's the flexibility component will certainly be here because I mean we're three years in now, and like you said, y'all are still full time at the at the crib, right? Yep. Yep. So we've been back in the buildings, man, for, for quite a while, but the appetite for it from the workforce is there. The the leadership within the federal ranks have not yet acquiesced to that. Right. Now now will they? Will they maybe, right? and, and over time they will, right? Because the younger generation even though you can focus on mission and all that type of stuff, that younger generation is going to say, hey, we, we want the flexibility to, to work from home, right? You know, we want the flexibility to work whenever we want. We want the flexibility to be able to take our phones and iPads into the office. Because, I mean, you call me during the day and my phone just goes straight to voicemail, not because I turned it off just for the hell of it. We can't take them in. And then, so that's my thoughts on the, the flexible nature of the work world. I do think in our space, we'll get to it at some point because we're seeing it external to like the intel space people are working from home like crazy right yeah. there is also a lot of burnout with that too because you never stop mm-hmm. right? like i don't i don't envy y'all right that where yep. you you where you're working all day you you, you know i heard a work just
0: just real quick on that i heard a great pivot into how people should approach that dynamic because you know work-life balance is the common you know the common phrase that people right. try to preach I heard it I it's more about now. About work, yeah, it's not more about work life rhythm because, you know, it's 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 not a set 8 to 6 schedule that you might have when you're when you're home. And yeah, people are struggling to kind of turn off if if they're just, you know, at home the whole day, but it's trying to figure out like the priorities you have in life. You know making sure you prioritize those but then working around those you know but like like trying to make sure you're getting your work absolutely done around your main priorities but anyways i thought that was an interesting yeah.
1: no and i like that man i like the construct of and the concept of work life rhythm personally i use the word harmony right if i can figure out like this this harmonious nature of how i'm engaging in the in a professional life and how i can move it in my personal life if I can figure out that harmony, but it's the same thing we've talked about in the past, like the mind body connection, right? Like that, that harmonious engagement. But yeah, so I'm guessing that at some point we're going to see it within the federal spaces because this certainly happened in the commercial world, right? Like all of our colleagues out here are, have that level of flexibility, but they like you said, man, like they, they haven't caught the right rhythm because some people are like, yo bro, like I can't keep getting up at 10 o'clock at night answering emails, right? I just stopped at seven. You got to get up at four thirty five o'clock to work out. Then I'm back on the computer at six o'clock and I'm working again for tonight. So, you know, so I, I think that it, it'll if people can find that rhythm, which I actually like that, that idea. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. It's the, uh, you
0: <laughs> it's know, just, I think that. It's 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 a two way street here on Clear the Air. You know, it's not just we're we're getting info from the guests. We're trying to dish out knowledge ourselves
1: too. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, so I'm gonna accept that. It's the and then the gig economy, man, is cool, right? That trend is here. I don't I don't foresee that going away at all. I think people will still work, you know, their traditional, you know, day job, whatever that may be, you know. But they'll they'll do something on the side, whatever that side hustle is. If that's you know Uber or delivering some or cooking or or whatever it may be, right. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that that hustle life is here now because people realize that it that it's a thing, right? Because you see executives at other companies, man, that are are doing the same stuff. They're making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, but then they're doing something on the side. They're setting up vending machines, or yep. or they're going out and you know signing up to to sponsor some type of triathlon event, and they're getting some kickbacks on the concessions and all these type of things, right? So I think that the the taboo nature of what the gig economy was earlier, people don't see it as as bad anymore and people can do it they can turn a gig into a full-time shot right like you know you get the like you were talking about the contracting right or consultants you can go and work at a big dog consultancy or you can go and find a company that requires those services and be like yo i'll do it for a fraction of the cost of this big company i'll bring you four or five people they were going to charge you a million dollars. We'll charge you six hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. We have the same exact skill set, same exact. Literally the right. five of us can walk into your building as this tiger team, do exactly what you want. You pay the five six hundred thousand, and you just save four hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, so I don't think that's going away, man. I think that is a legit thing, and it's going to shake up these the, the traditional workplace.
0: Definitely. Right? definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah. When people are like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested. I'll come in, I'll come in, do 1099. You know what right. I mean? Right. And work for, and work for you. But, but we'll see. I think that it'll probably be easier in certain spaces than others, but it's here and I, I don't, I don't anticipate it going away at all.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that's, that's where my, my head was starting to go. And I guess part of it is, you know, being in the agency world, we have just, such a variety of asks that come our way. And we have our full-time staff, you know, people have certain skill sets when they kind of come in and obviously we're trying to develop and grow everybody. But, you know, like in my role, I run our audience intelligence team and we're getting these really specific asks to advise on these niche technologies. And, you know, you're not going to have somebody Within the agency model, unless you hire somebody with that skill set. And so, right. you know, sometimes we have to think about, you know, contracting, you know, bringing in contractors that have that that niche kind of skill set. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's just something that has been kind of a, a topic of conversation. But, you know, I wanted to take a step back and get back to the other thing you were just mentioning about, you know, showing that you care to your employees and you had a yeah. great example about the client that completely misread <laughs> why you weren't, mm-hmm. you know, why you weren't feeling right. Um, right. So I think, you know, I'd I love to hear, you know, cause you have this background, you got your MBA, negotiations, masters, PhD in organizational mm-hmm. dynamics. Like what led you to technology and, you know, wanting to start a technology company. Um, would love to have you touch on that, and then would love your perspective on the the value of diversity. You know, not just within leadership, but within your workforce. Because, I, I guess what you know, where my head was going with that example that you showed, how diversity can help to provide more perspectives, so that leaders can understand why. You know that you're bothered by the murders versus Hillary's emails, you know, not sure if that's a pretty, you know, roundabout way to make the connection, but would love to get right, your right. thoughts on your your journey there and how you think about diversity with your leadership.
1: Yeah, man, so you know, going through like the the social sciences component from an education perspective, it really helped focus on understanding the the nuances and idiosyncrasies of the human condition, right? People. How do we engage? Why do we engage, right? and 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 then also you know reading a lot of these philosophical works man created a safe space for me in the sense of i was able to to employ a freedom from attachment of outcomes right in the sense of if somebody did something i could say i could say in my head like yo that's that's interesting that you know john or jane doe did this particular thing but then i didn't have to go through and have any level of judgment on it you could take that thing and be like all right that's what it is right So the, the schooling, the, and I, and I separate schooling from like learning, right? School is one thing learning is to me is completely different, right? You can be a super educated dummy, right? And I think there's the, there's a component of like the life learned lessons and capturing the collective wisdom of humanity is what's really important. So going through the, the academic stuff gave me a structure, right? Because say you want to learn about psychology or leadership or organizational behavior or something like that. You go to Google, and there's 9 billion books. Not that many, but you know what I'm saying. There's a trillion books that come out, and you're like, I don't know which ones are legit, man. I don't have time to read them all. But when you get in a structured environment, you've already had somebody who's vetted the stuff, the authors, the resources. So mm-hmm. then you can just go in and and, and read that stuff. It's so similar when I'm teaching at the universities now. The students have already some insight in, like, this professor has done some homework that can talk about this particular thing. So, the school part as a as a social scientist by education, and then transition to a technologist by training. You ask like why why ultimately did it? The thought process was as I was with some of the bigger box shops. You see things that they they were slower moving. They weren't as innovative. Like there was almost this lack of concern for the the people. Like they were doing us a favor versus versus being a two way street. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't it wasn't unilateral at all. You know, but that that's how I perceived some of that type of stuff. So as I was going working at some of the bigger companies and, I, and I'm looking and I'm seeing my peers kind of hop out and do these different things, like yo, I think I can actually do this. And technology was interesting to me because though technology changes a lot. The people piece that it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. So though you can go through and you can learn. The different languages or the different technologies that are coming out to help solve some of these some of these tricky problems. There's a there was a component of I think I can do that. I think we can we can create something. We can go into the customer space and that was not knowing right because ClearCloud is my fourth try,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I yeah, know we, we talked one, about
0: this earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. First
1: one mega fail. Second one mega fail. Third one I jumped. In. I mean, the second one I launched, scaled, and failed within 90 days. It never even got off the ground, mm-hmm. right? the the third one and it's just like when I wrote my first book you're talking probably a hundred no's before I even start getting maybe kind of we're interested you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I was used to hearing no in the sense but I didn't take that as a lack of my ability right or lack of or a lack of knowledge I took that as I haven't found the right people that are interested in what we could offer you know what I mean there was a component of as you go through the process to figure out Well, what do you want to do next? Right. So going through all of the school, man, you acquire a certain level of knowledge and you start to get a better understanding of what you like and what you don't. Mm -hmm. One of the values of, of school to me was that I of that much school that I went through is I learned how to learn. Right. And I learned how to learn quickly. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you're reading three hundred and some odd pages a night you know for some of these classes or certainly multiple hundred pages a week, you can't you have to figure out what's important
0: three hundred pages a night, what type of speed are you reading it
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you gotta yeah I mean you go through so it's probably more like a couple hundred pages a night depending on <laughs> when the assignments are due
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. right but so you know you go through it and you have to acquire information very quickly. Then you have to discern within that information what's important. Then you have to analyze that information in your head. Then you have to retransmit it back to the person that needs to hear it in an actionable and understandable way. Right, so that was the value of school to me in the sense of like okay, I can capture or acquire a whole bunch of information at once, spin it around in my head and kick it back. Right, so one of the things that I saw that was missing in the tech space from a small company perspective in our world was. The ability to get really good people Get them on board, make them feel valued and valuable, give them autonomy, allow them to be empowered to go and do what they want to do. And I'm like, let me give it a shot. First time, no go. Second time, no go. Third time, I jumped in with the guy who was a single that had a company. I was like the third person at the company. Mm-hmm. That one scaled pretty, pretty well. He's still he's still doing that thing. It's, I learned a significant amount from dude, right? Really mm-hmm. you know guy. I actually, I actually talked to him this morning. Great yep. hey, dude. I learned a lot from him. So as we got to the point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to spin off, right? And I'm going to try this thing again. Boom, you spin off. And now this time, said, God said, go play ball. Check into the game, go play ball, right? So now you're, you're talking to people and you're figuring out, feel like, where does this person fit? Where does this person fit? So you talk about the diversity component, and I'm not a diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist, but instinctively, I'll, I, instinctively, I know the value of it, right? You know, I have some friends that are in DEI and they can really talk about the mechanics of it, the structure of it, the the literature and the research about it. I haven't read in with any level of depth or clarity, that type of stuff. But instinctively, as a as a leader and 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 an athlete, you understand the importance of having different ways, people who think differently, people who act differently, people who see things differently. Right. Because you and I can hear the exact same conversation. Right. But you and I both perceive it very differently. Yep. Right. The messages and people think communication is just like me talking to you, you talking to me. The message is in the mind of the receiver. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you say something to me and I don't get it and I try to reframe it, you're like, bro, I didn't say anything like that. That's a you thing. That means that you didn't communicate it well and I didn't perceive it well. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of bilateral in that regard. So from a diversity perspective, one of the things our leadership team is, is, is diverse from male, female, race, um, ethnicity, all that. And so is the company, right? Across the board, we we have this we have this level of diversity, and we also we have the cognitive diversity, right? People with different degrees, people with different educational educational backgrounds, people with different work perspectives, right? Though everybody is in the technology space, they're not all straight developers, right? Mm-hmm. We have some DevOps, we have some data engineers, some data analysts, we have some programmatic people we have some security folks we have some quality assurance people you know what i mean yep so that level of diversity when something pops up we had a situation that came up uh over the week um a colleague reached out to me and she was like hey all of this stuff is going on our our customer they're focused on the politics of the game and not the execution right Right. she's a pure technologist right so I shared a different perspective with her. I said, hey, you got to remember, these people come from a consulting background. Mm-hmm. It's not a knock against the consultant, but they're not locked and loaded. When you come in from the big dogs, they're not locked and loaded on the execution component. Mm-hmm. They're locked and loaded on telling the story, crafting the PowerPoints, yep. creating the big vision, right? Communicating that to a, potent, a potential buyer and then walking away. They're, they'll manage the politics. They'll manage the atmospherics because that's what they know right you know the execution component so y'all are talking past each other right you're talking about execution they're like yo i don't care about this execution i need to manage this relationship because they know Mm -hmm. two months from now they could go and get some after work yep whereas whereas if you're the full-on person who executes you're not worried about the after work because somebody else is doing that you want to solve the problem Mm -hmm. right so having that level of diversity and offering those different perspectives man it was it's cool because you can you can hear things right somebody says something to me right because i mean you know like as are you we're both achievers go 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 Yeah. Yep. So somebody then shot put the mirror up to you and be like yo man slow down right yeah, if yeah. you don't slow down you
0: need that balance yep yep
1: <laughs> yeah and sometimes not even that balance is sometimes that that awareness yeah right because sometimes you don't realize that you're running a thousand miles an hour until you be like damn like i haven't talked to anybody outside of this core crew in three months. You know what I mean? So the diversity, the cognitive diversity, the gender diversity, the the ethnic diversity, all of yeah. those things.
0: Is, is there anything you guys are doing from a, so, you know, so some of the challenges a lot of organizations have is the pipeline. So, you know, yeah. finding the, or, or what tools or avenues to source candidates to even to to meet this type of mission. Um and then the other thing too is is there anything you guys do maybe differentiated in your interview process or screening process to to ensure you are getting not just the diversity like you mentioned by gender race but also from different backgrounds like is there anything or is there anything you guys think about with trying to make sure you're fulfilling that or
1: Yeah so we're very intentional about thinking about the pipeline right of mm-hmm. the type of talent that we want to help solve some of these problems so because we started off as a startup, right, remember it was when we started the thing, it was zero humans, right? So we built diversity into the company. So for for us, it's not like you get somebody that come in and you're already a 200-person shop or a 50-person company, and it's all one type of person, and then somebody has to come and change it. We didn't have that, right? We built this out from Jump Street, right? We went in. So now, so for us, there is no universal remedy, right? But what what we offer, I think, from a diversity perspective is because we have it, when people go out and tell people about the company, they're recruiting people similar to them, right? So you have, so their diversity says, because we have the diversity, you get somebody who has this degree or or Black person here or Asian person here or white person here or a Hispanic person here or somebody who has a, a finance degree that is now switched over to data analytics, right, who still thinks a bit differently. So it's kind of built into the fabric of the company in the sense of our diversity, from Jump Street has mm-hmm. continued to breed diversity throughout the hiring process, right? Because people engage with those that they like. And because when they look around and they see in the room and they see this, this constellation of people and thought processes, they're like, okay, we don't bring one type of person here. So this person may be a little outside of the space, mm-hmm. right? But let, let's talk to him anyway. So I tell people like, you know, one of the things that the Jesuits teach, right? Is, never refuse any man or woman of quality or talent, right? Mm-hmm. So though they may not get hired, you always have the conversation. Right. Because what you what you see on somebody's resume, just because it doesn't pop man it doesn't wow you doesn't mean that they're not dope. Right. Yeah. It means that they it means that they're not dope yet. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, you get people that, that build things and those who build people. We do both. Yeah. We build things and we build people. Right. So I think if you build people enough it, they already have the skills to build stuff. Right. But the, it, as you build that person and let them know that you value them, they go out and they bring their friendship. I mean, we're we're the, we're 98 percent word of mouth
0: mm. in terms like, of in terms of the, the people you attract or, or the clients that you that you get. or yeah. the people we attract, the people you attract. Oh, interesting. And
1: the clients we get. Right. So yeah. because people be like, hey, y'all did a great job here. Let me introduce you to Phil. Yeah. Right. So now I talk to Phil, you say, Hey, tell me about your your leadership team. Tell me about your, you know, the, the technologies you use, tell me about the customers you serve. And then you see that there's even diversity within that. Right. So, I mean, so for us, you know, we don't use these words lightly, man. I think it, I think it's important to have the people in the space where they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. knowing that they can look around and get different perspectives. And one of the things that I think is important as a leader is to create the the construct where there's psychological safety right if you Mm -hmm. want to go to a march by all means be you right i'm not asking you to hide any part of you Mm -hmm. right be thought be thoughtful in what you do i'm I'm not going to argue with you right like there's an element of we we're engaged in the community one of the things you talked about community is one of our values curiosity is another value courage is one creativity and craftsmanship those are our five values right Mm -hmm. that's it and it's not just words on paper man people have courage they speak up for each other they're craftsmen and craftswomen, right they know their domains right they're specialists right you have the the creativity component Yo, just because somebody closed doors one and two find the third door you have the community component because i don't think that any human should ever be busy enough where they forget about family friends and community period right so community is one of our cornerstones and the last one dr mayangelo talks about courage is the greatest of all the virtues i agree right because if you don't have the courage to stand up so again creativity craftsmanship community courage and curiosity right so the curiosity you mentioned early is read study think about things that are important to you how do you go out and go about it right so if you're reading something on accounting even though you're not an accountant and you can relate that back to what you're doing Mm -hmm. it makes it even better for us to solve problems right to me it's really important to go through that and that's what we're doing man and and then and it's been a hell of a journey it is. It's like running a marathon at a sprinter's pace with arrows being shot at you every day. <laughs> Entrepreneurship is great, but it is it's a it's a roller coaster life. But as long as you are trending up, I think you're you're okay. You know, as long as you can stay strong emotionally, you can make it.
0: Yeah, I I love what you touched on with curiosity, especially curiosity and courage. Man. I think you know a lot of times when I'm coaching, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our younger employees that people are so afraid to be wrong and take chances. And Everybody. I try to tell people constantly the way that you grow is mm-hmm. to put yourself out there, take a risk, try to, mm-hmm. you know, just because you're you're not an expert in uh, programmatic media advertising, take your skills, you know, from, I don't know, database management and try to see how the thought process can apply towards toward yep. something else. Like that's, I mean, that's a big thing. I'm just a huge fan of. And you know partially i think for me and you we've just you know we both worked at a lot of different companies have had just so many different experiences and seeing how stuff gets done in different you know models so that that plays into it but you know i try to you know try to always coach people and about you know you gotta you gotta take those chances and you, you gotta you gotta go through the pains <laughs> to, to to grow you know because so many people yeah. just want to stay in their comfort zone you
1: know? yeah and, and i think it's important too right i don't the one thing that I stopped doing, man, years ago is offering advice. Like even when you and I talked a few weeks ago, I said, I'm not offering you any advice Bill, but yeah. I will share with you my experiences, right? Now you take from that what you will, but I think one of the things about retention also as we go back to that and having the, diverse, the diversity elements to the workplace is people want to see you. They don't need this paradigm of excellence who does no wrong, right? They need to see a person. They need to know that you're this fallible being just like they are right? And I need to know that as as wild as I am, they're the same, right? Not wild in the sense you're going to do something stupid to harm yourself others or the company, but in the sense of you're a person. You think differently. As things pop up, you you wrestle with thoughts of consequence, and you figure out where do you actually stand on a particular issue, right? Because right now, so many people live in echo chambers. If you think A right now, and I give you concrete evidence that that you might want to consider B, you should consider B. And the yep. same thing with me, right? You can't just live in an echo chamber and hear the same stuff over and over and over again, right? You need to engage in some form of, of complex thinking to say, hey, what do I actually believe? Not only what do I believe, but why do I believe this, right? <laughs> and now that I believe this thing, how then am I going to put this into my daily, daily day-to-day interactions? And but so many people don't have the courage, man, to change their mind, right? If you still believe something that you believe when you was 19, you're an idiot, right? Unless <laughs> it's an absolute fact. Right. Yep. Two plus two is four until somebody mm-hmm. proves that wrong. Yeah. Yep. Right. So I think it's important, man, to have the intellectual humility to be like you don't know everything and then have the intellectual flexibility to switch gears. Right. Because we all have some form of intellectual endowment that we get from the creator. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it's the, you acquire that knowledge. Then it's the element of how do you intelligently direct that knowledge. Right. You can get it. But if you don't do anything with it, what difference does it make? Right. You tell people if you are right or right. Right. Whatever that thing is that you say that you love, be of service to it. If I love leadership and organizational behavior I and, and, and the human condition, I need to be a service to it. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't say, oh, I really like doing all this great stuff, but I never put in the effort to make it all right, to actually put in any effort to do it. Right. A lot of people talk, man, but they're yeah. not in it for real, for real. Like, you know, if you in the arena, you can you should talk to other people in the arena. What does it feel like when you get hit by an arrow? How do you break them off? Boom. How do you get to the point where you can accept more arrows and continue to move forward? But if you just only talking about it from the outside and criticizing everybody else, man, like miss me with that because it doesn't right, matter. Right. 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 right? You, you. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what that's what I think. One of the reasons I think we're playing solidly well is because it goes back to what we learned in kindergarten. man. I'm not a jerk. The leadership team isn't a jerk. Right. If we don't hire jerks, we mm-hmm. hire good people who want to offer value and do whatever necessary to to help the team win.
0: Yeah, that, that's 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 fantastic. Um, so let's, you know, let's close here. I think I think you're you're working on a podcast project yourself. Right. Is uh, any can you share any details about that or hopefully uh, by doing this, you'll you'll promote our podcast in the future as well. So, you know, there's yeah, a little, you know, a little uh, incentive behind this for myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I got you, man. Like, so we had a podcast for three years in the past and we did like 150 shows. Then we we stopped that one and, you know, start focusing on other stuff. But I'm considering jumping back into it and doing it again, because I think there's a lot to share, particularly like what you're doing, man, I think is dope because you're in the middle of what you're doing. You, you, you're going through, you're learning as you're teaching and yep. you're teaching as you're learning. Right. So I think there's an element of, yeah, like I, I probably would do something. I don't know when I have some of these ideas. I'm just trying to figure out. So, but yeah, whenever we whenever it is out there, man, you know, for certain you will be on there. But I know I oh. talked a lot today, but it's uh, but when it's, when it's your turn, you got it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm ready to yeah, I'm ready to return the favor whenever whenever the timing the timing makes sense. But uh yeah yeah, yo Charles, this has been uh this has been great catching up. Um, yeah, yeah, God. you know you're the you're our first guest as part of kicking off Black History Month, and I you you came in strong. So the uh, the other acts okay. have a lot to lots of lots to live up to to follow here. So yeah, no, really really I appreciate you man. Make sure to favorite and subscribe to Clear the Air on your favorite podcast network. For more information about RPA, visit us at rpa.com or follow us on Instagram at rpaadvertising.